Welcome to Raising Up Cops, a podcast about raising Coptic kids in Western culture. We are back and here I am. My name is Madonna and I'm here with my fantastic co-host, Laura. Hi, everybody. We are so happy to be back in the new year and we thought we would start with a topic that really um, affects our kids, but also we need to learn this lesson too, for sure, which is um, having the strength of of mind, of spirit, to not allow other people's words about us, whether positive or negative, to sway us. Madonna picked this topic, and I'm curious, Madonna, why why should we start the new year with this? Like, why this topic? So we just came off of the holidays. We were around a lot of family, a lot of different people, different kids raised different ways, a lot of opinions, things like that, right? So there was a lot of immediate feedback being given about behavior. So when a kid was misbehaving, there was an immediate like, you can't do that. You're so X, Y, Z. Or if a kid was doing something nice, it was, wow, you're so amazing. Please X, Y, Z, you know, things like that. And I realized that there was a lot of mood shifts and it was directly correlating with however their actions were perceived that day um and the thing is like our perception of people's actions also largely depends on our well-being and what I mean by that is on a day that I am tired or I am particularly stressed out myself I am much less tolerant of very even small misbehaviors or things like that right and on a day where I am well rested and feeling great I have much more energy and I'm much more likely to put up with or ignore whatever misbehaviors there are, right? And so because the kids and myself and the grown-ups were receiving a lot of feedback and it was largely person-dependent and circumstance-dependent, emotions were just all over the place. There was much strong feelings of happiness and then really big tantrums and and negative feelings uh so to speak and so i just wanted to like it, it my cousins and my family we just parted from each other two days ago so i've been spending these last two days really just processing everything that went down it was a wonderful wonderful time but i felt like our emotions were all over the place and so when I was processing everything that was going on and thinking about the things that I need to work on and the kids need to work on and as a family we need to work on, this was my biggest conclusion is the stay steady no matter what, what is going on around you. And so that's where this topic really stemmed from. I love that. I think that's so true. You know, this was the first year that I think I the family was in my house for an extended period of time. And there was a lot more um, commentary. Like Mm -hmm. there was a lot more feedback being shared back and forth. Uh, And I had forgotten. It's been a long time. I feel like since we were all in one house or in one area for an extended period of time. And I was like, Oh, I remember when we used to have these conversations when we lived close to each other. Right. I'm remembering now that we used to, you know, there would always be a comment about this and I'd be like, I'd get defensive and just learning to sort of, even for myself to figure out how am I going to, how have I matured 
(laughs) am I immediately going to react like I would if I was you know like 19 year old Laura like are we just gonna like uh, flip back to childhood memories or are we or have we grown (laughs) as people (laughs) right right and And in general yeah go ahead (laughs) I was just gonna add that yeah and especially for our kids I think that you're you're really spot on that our kids are not used to this level of feedback from multiple people all the time even if they get it at school or they get it home has always been you know that's their domain they kind of have uh it's it's a safe space for them and for them to hear different feedback all of a sudden even if it was good just just suddenly have an increased volume of feedback did affect them yeah yeah and I and I realized that I would like to redefine the um meaning of humility because to me, humility was don't think too highly of yourself. Don't think too highly of anything that you do and know that everything you have comes from God. But I realized that humility also comes in the negative because when I allow other people to define me, right? If I allow and if I allow other people to say negative things and I let that affect me, I am still not giving it to God in that sense, in that control. And humility to me is I am giving God the full control over who he says I am. And I know, and it's not about anything that goes on around me. It's not about any circumstance. It's not about any words being spoken, good or bad. Um, And for me, like the, one of the things that comes with one of the opposites of humility to me is ego, but also it's self-pity is an opposite of humility. Like the thinking so poorly of yourself, you know, that you are um, overshadowing what God has done in you and created in you. And I realize that that's a huge thing that I want my kids. And I have obviously not learned this at 35 years old. You know, I'm still struggling with this, that I don't want them to be swayed so easily by what anybody says. Because there are people who are going to applaud you and you're doing the wrong thing. Let's be honest. There are people who are going to come after you and be like, yes, sister. Yes, brother. You keep doing that thing that is so obviously against God, you know. So that that praise does not necessarily mean you're on the right track. So don't let that affect you. Just as much as when somebody cuts you down and you know you're doing the right thing, you don't need to let that affect you. I think that's beautiful. I was actually looking into false humility earlier this week for an Instagram post and it was defined as pride. I mean, false humility is a kind of pride. Mm-hmm. And it's still, I love it the way you said it, like defining, thinking that it's about you in the first place. You know, like when Moses was saying, oh no, I'm, um, my tongue, you know, is feeble yes. and blah, blah, blah. God's like, this is not about you. <laughs> this right. is about me. <laughs> Yes. You know, it's like that idea that like, why do you think you're doing anything anyway? Like, it's not like you're doing anything anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. that's the thing, like, you know, I, we've had a conversation on here before, Laura, about the um, tendency to people, please, you know? And so for me, one of the things that I struggled with, especially being around so much family was, I didn't only want me to people, please. I wanted my whole family to people, please. (laughs) And that is, for lack of a better word, toxic. Okay. Like I didn't want my kids to be who they naturally were. I didn't want my husband to be who he naturally was. 
I didn't want to be who I naturally am so that we don't offend the person or get taken, take the charge of the person or whatever, all the people around us. And that's really unfair. And it's, it's stressful. And it's a source of a lot of frustration. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm a definitely on a long, long journey to recovery with people pleasing. <laughs> um, and I'm still learning so much about it. I think that there are some benefits to having the family around, um, having them do their normal, like push and shove. I think it, yeah. in some ways, it inversely helps the kids develop their roots and their center. Because I, you know, if you remember when we were young, when we would get pushed around like that in that way, you know, verbally, like you're this or you're that and those labels, it, I think it made us also wake up to the idea that we need to define ourselves first or like to be confident in our God-given definitions. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's like that idea of like the tree when it, when the wind blows, it learns to develop deeper roots. And I think being around a lot of people who are buffeting us, eventually you learn that you don't want to be, you will not give in to that chaos. You will have to learn to rise above the chaos and kind of create your own boundaries. I mean, I guess you can't learn boundaries until they're tested. And I think there are must be ways that we can help our kids kind of fast forward that journey. Well, to your point, Laura, when you were talking about the benefits of being around it, you're absolutely right. Because um, although I am very much against comparing children and comparing families, because everyone's circumstances are so different. I did learn a lot of our, I don't want to call them deficits. That seems too strong of a word, but I did, I did learn a lot about things that I could focus on more within our family and things that I saw other families doing that I was like, you know, this is probably something we could adopt. This is probably something we could start. This is probably something that would help us. So definitely there are benefits to being around a lot of other people and a lot of other opinions and things like that. Um, as long as you take it with a spirit of teachability or, you know, like you're, you're learning from it. You're not. So there's a difference between, I see something that I want and I sit there and go, woe is me. I don't have, I'm not like, I don't get these things. And there's a difference between, wow, look at what they're doing and saying, how can I learn and implement these things for ourselves in a way that suits our family? And I think that that's the key. So I guess that would be like a part two to this is there's nothing wrong with listening to the things around you and understanding it doesn't define you, but at the same time learning, okay, here are some things that I could improve on. Here are some some ways that I can become a better version of what God has asked me to be. And I think that's probably a good thing. And I think that there's also, you know, parsing out the difference. There's a difference between being told that what you're doing is wrong and learning mm. from an example, especially when what you're doing is really, it's really not that serious. You know, like, <laughs> like I'll use a funny example. <clears throat> Every time my grandmother comes, she has an opinion about the way I use my kettle, <laughs> my tea kettle. So last time it was, you have to push fresh water in the kettle every time. Every time you have to pour out all the water and put brand new water. 
which makes perfect sense because I live in Florida. We have a high mineral content. Like we don't want buildup or whatever. Right. Now the new thing is at the beginning of every day, you have to swoosh the water and pour it out and then get fresh water. <laughs> and it became like a thing. Right. But, you know, I think the idea is that some things matter and some things don't, you know, and yes. learning to like learning to discern between things that I'm going to adopt because I want to people please and things that I want to adopt because actually maybe it's a message from God about something specific in my life that I could work on. You know, and I think sometimes like she's not here anymore and I'm swishing and I'm not really sure why I think it's just people pleasing. It's like, yes. Oh, I don't want to get caught not swishing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Life-changing matters, Laura. Life-changing matters. And that's the thing, too, is I learned also from the grown-ups that were around us, you know, and my my cousin's wife. So this is the this is the first time that I've actually hung out with my cousin's wife because they got married recently. They had been living in Egypt. I haven't seen them basically since that wedding. And during the wedding time is not a time to get to know someone, right? And so when she came this time, first of all, I'm in love. If I can move her into my pocket, I would. Second of all, I realized that there's so many things that I can learn from her. So she's also a teacher and um, her way of dealing with like uh, problems with the kids or like just general behavior with the kids. I mean, Lord, if I could implement everything that she did, I mean, her it, and it shows in her child. Her child is so amazing. And so it, it, it was too pronged. Okay. So. I would look at her and I would think to myself, I could never, I will never, I would never. And it was like a real source of, um, not stress. It wasn't stressful, but it was more like, I don't know what the word is, like compressing my own abilities. I don't know what the word is. Why can't I think in English anymore? Anyways, <laughs> um, it, it wasn't good. <laughs> and so then I realized that I was like, wait, why don't I just try to adopt and learn from these things that she's doing and try them on my kids? And it was really nice. So instead of being defeated by it, I tried to learn and implement it. And I got in this situation, particularly good results that may not happen across the board because there are things that like you can try with your family and your family is just not that type, you know? Um, but I just... I appreciated that there was a way to look at others without it affecting me, but still having an effect on me, mm. like affecting our family in a positive way. So, sorry, this got deeply philosophical in a lot of ways, but in in it was just, I'm still in the process of processing everything that happened. And I'm still thinking about things that I know I would like to work on. And I want to also point out that after my, my kids and I, especially, we've been in a bubble as as far as homeschooling and things like that. We've been living with the same people around us, seeing the same people. And so it's definitely different when you're with a different group of people to see how the things that you've learned so far are coming into play in like the real world, in places we're not comfortable with people we're not usually around. Are you following? I'm sorry. I know I'm it's rambling. almost like a test. It's, yes. the, it's the test, like yes. the test of their growth test. You know, Abuna always says 
that kids grow so much during vacations, like yes, astronomical leaps. And I think part of that is that it is the testing of you know all the other things that are happening, school, whatever. That's not really real life. Real life is what happens in between school when you're actually faced with brand new situations and you have to apply whatever you've been learning. So I think totally what you're saying, you know, they were tested. They were they were untested. They were just in learning phase, right? And now they're out with other kinds of people in new situations. So how did it go? Yes, yes, Laura. Thank you for being able to decipher that rambling that I just did. That's exactly right. You put it into perfect words. That was the test. And I had felt like everything was going perfectly well when we were exactly in the parameters of our home, exactly within our routine. But now that we were out of all of that, it was interesting to see what things quote unquote succeeded and what things quote unquote were still in the process of being learned. Um, and it definitely gave me a good focus for the year and for our family. And yeah, so it was good. And I think another thing that's a benefit of having, I mean, I know you and I both, we see our family more often than just, you know, once a year, but I right. think they provide a really good perspective for how much our kids are growing because sometimes we are in it so much, we're not seeing the growth. But for example, right. like my son this year is completely different from the last time they saw him. He's matured so much, I would say in the last three to six months, um, a, a lot more self-confident and centered and calm. My daughter is much more courageous and outgoing and making cracking jokes and like just coming into her own. and you can't see that until someone who hasn't seen them for a while looks at them and you kind of see through their eyes. Oh, wait a second. They don't even know that this is new. You know, like they're, they're recognizing something that's new in them. Yes, I completely agree. And Laura, and this is the last piece that I want to add. One of the things that was really great about having my particular cousins around this time is when I was in that period of looking at my family and being like, oh my gosh, there's so much to work on, okay? My cousins were so sweet and encouraging and they were really good at reminding me of all of the good that has happened and all the good that they've done. And it just reminded me the value of the people you surround yourself with because there's the people who will let you spiral and there's the people who will stop you in your tracks and they will tell you, slow down, calm down. This is who you are. This is who they are. This is good. Like this is not as bad as you seem to think it is. And so it reminded me also that that's the kind of person I need to be to my family and to my friends that when we are struggling to be humble in the new ways that I defined it, right? to see our self-worth and also to not, and to realize that whatever anyone says is not, does not tell me who I am. When somebody around me is struggling with those things, I need to also learn to see the good in them and remind them and remind them that none of this matters. Like you are, you are doing exactly what you were meant to do as long as you are following what God has asked you to do. And for the most part, we are trying to do that. All of us are trying to follow what God, yes, it may look like missteps here and there, but we can both be the person that reminds people 
And also <laughs> to know it within ourselves that like God has given us this family and he has given us these talents and he has given us these things because of what he wants from us, not because of what it does or how it pleases other people. Yes. That makes sense. <laughs> yes. So how did you go about or how looking back, would you have wanted the kids to sort of maintain their self-worth in the face of the feedback? Like what, what advice would you give them or what advice would you give other parents trying to do that or trying to teach their kids that skill? I guess I should say. That's a really good question. I think that's still part of my processing that I'm trying to figure out because I, what I wanted to tell them was sometimes I know things seem unfair. So uh, Laura, it's really hard to define because I wanted the kids to understand that sometimes you have to be uncomfortable. Sometimes you do have to self-sacrifice but how do you teach a kid to draw the line between self-sacrifice and stomping on yourself in order to please the people around you? I haven't figured it out, to be honest with you, yet. I would think that some of it has to come, and this is the really the hard part, from our example. So I think that's something that I maybe haven't been able to be very meta about in the past, but I definitely looking forward could be. Like when someone asks me, so like, let's say the family comes and they ask me to do something I don't want to do, or they ask, or they label me in a way that makes me uncomfortable. How am I responding? Because the kids are watching, right? They're, they're there. Mm -hmm. Even if they're on their screen, you know, one ear is listening in when things get interesting. So, right. so I am sure that the way that I react to those situations will directly inform how they react. Right. I completely agree. And that's, and, and this is, you've hit on my sore spot is that I've been realizing that one of the problems or one of the, the reasons I've been struggling with them being able to do these things is because I have not acquired these tools myself, right? Like I'm still trying to undo a lot of the things I was told about how to be around people and be comfortable with myself. And it's hard for me to teach those things. And to, I'm still, I'm, I still do the thing where I stomp on myself in order to make sure everyone else is okay or is happy. Mm. So, yeah, I don't, that's a good point. Yes. They are watching, but yeah, definitely, definitely still in the learning process. And I think, you know, I think we have to be fair to ourselves too. It is really hard to live your life and be looking, be a philosophical observer of your life at the same time, yes. all the time. Like sometimes you just have to like live your life. <laughs> yes. I think that's okay for the kids too. Like if they don't, I mean, we made it this far without learning a lot of lessons. So <laughs> yes, but you know, it's like okay. If if we break it down to something really simple and elementary, Lara, for example, the concept of sharing, I've seen a lot of back and forth debate about this, right? Mm -hmm. So like our families are used to being told when somebody's in your house, what's mine is yours and yours is mine. And that's the end of the discussion. Okay. Like you don't say no, but at the same time, if I am actively using something and somebody says, give that to me, 
I'm, is it really all right to teach them? Like, just give it to them? No, that's not really teaching what you want to teach either, you know? And that's an example of a time when like people pleasing is actually negative to you in, in, in how your child is growing because they're learning that what they want doesn't matter. And that's not okay either, you know, and it's socially unacceptable not to share. You can't just not share. Sharing so like, is caring, Madonna. Yeah, sharing is caring. You have to share. You have to share. Um, You know, there's obviously a line where like you can be really selfish too. But at the same time, them learning that balance of like, I don't have to give you what I have right now the second that you ask for it. I can share by saying something like, I'm in the middle of using this, but once I'm done, you're welcome to use it next, you know, like things like that. Um, so that is, that was an example of something in play, you know, that like is a difficult concept to teach and to grasp without going too far either way, you know, like yeah. don't go too far where you just give up everything or too far where you never share anything. Yeah. It's really Learn interesting to find those boundaries. Yeah. And I think, I think like, for example, it's, with cousins, let's say, it's very easy to have a hard time finding those lines. Because for example, my son is nine, his cousin is three. Yeah. So a lot of times there's huge pressure on him to share everything. And the, the baby doesn't want to share, obviously. So then nothing gets shared the other way. You know what I mean? Right. Like we we are sharing all of our toys, but we don't get to play with the other person's toys. Right. And learning to learning to balance that having that conversation both with my son and with my sister so that you know we're being I don't want to say fair but you know fair about it you know I and teaching our kids different coping mechanisms I don't want to get specifically too much into sharing for example we have a system where if you don't want the three-year-old to play with it it needs to be put away before the three-year-old comes over like you can't be in the middle of the living room playing with your very special Lego creation and expect the three-year-old not to come over and break it. Yes. Like we can't exactly. have to be realistic. It's okay exactly. if you don't want to share it, but that means you cannot be playing with it right now. <laughs> but I think yes. all of that navigation for every single topic, like, cause I know we're, again, we're not talking about sharing. We're talking about setting boundaries, especially yeah. with family. Um, it requires, it's just, there's just so much gray area and so many different situations. Like, if you're sitting on a chair and you don't want to give up the chair, but Giddo needs the chair, you need to get off the chair. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like that. But if we were and if we were gonna tie sharing into our original topic, right? Which was not to let other people define you. So like mm-hmm. if I know that my if my saying uh you cannot have this right now, but you can have it when I'm done with it upsets a lot of people around you and they all start telling you, you need to share, you need to share. I but you know you're doing the right thing. You can't let that phase you or the opposite of you give everything and they, wow, you're so good at sharing. And then that becomes how you define yourself. Not okay either. It's really, let me tell you, I have been having a real hard look at myself (laughs) at the beginning of this year and our family and all these things. And I know it's really hard, but I just to draw this in, okay. I just want to encourage everybody, okay, there's going to be people around us all the time who are gung-ho about how you're doing things, and there's going to be people around us who are telling us that you can't possibly do anything worse than what you're doing, 
And in conclusion, we have to be steady. We have to stay the course and know that like, it's really good to define yourself at the beginning to, or define to yourself at the beginning. I am not going to let this happen, or I am going to let this happen so that what people say, do not sway you left and right. Um, and I think that if that, if I had to choose a coping mechanism, it was that like when I was walking into a situation, I would say, if my kid throws a tantrum because X, Y, and Z, that's their right. Even if Teta says something, even if Giddu looks at you funny, even if like your brother says something, all of that doesn't matter. I know it's okay for my child to do this and this and this, and that's it. And I think that's the only, the only way really to do it. And, and that's something that we can actively teach our children. So before we go into a certain house, I can say, do not eat anything that it would make you uncomfortable to eat. Do not feel pressured right. to try something that you don't want to try, for example, you know, or, 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 or anything, any topic again, because this is supposed to just generally be about those kinds of boundaries, having that conversation with the kids in advance helps. And I, and I can tell when sometimes I'm on the wrong side, like when I am swayed by like 15 people saying, you have to try this, you have to try this, you have to try this. Mm. And I'm like, okay, you have to try this. Like, <laughs> you should really try it. Like, that is not helpful. My child doesn't need 16 people saying one thing, you know, right. there needs to be someone who's on their side who says, actually, they're okay right now. <laughs> that's a really good point too, to be able so, to step in for your kid. Yep. Yep. Yes. That's a really, really good. I, I have a funny point. story about that because I would always go to Egypt with my family. And then when I was in college, I was like, I'm going to go to Egypt by myself. What <laughs> I didn't realize is when you go to Egypt by yourself, there isn't mom or dad there to translate and say, she's not going to eat that. Yes. <laughs> and you have to come up with the nerve to say, I'm really okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. And pray that you have not offended anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I so, totally, um, totally remember going to Egypt the first time by myself and it being a real struggle. <laughs> That's funny. Yes. Whatever it happened to be that time. So yes. I think that, um, I think we've hit, you know, hit on it, which is that in order to protect yourself and your children, there has to be some forethought. Like if, if you don't happen to think of it ahead of time, that's fine. You can try to wing it in the moment, but it's really helpful to kind of go in to a known situation with a plan, just even a, a minor plan, very small, like a one-liner, you know? Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So with that, we thank you all for joining us on this episode of Raising Up Cops. We hope we've given you something to think about. If you have any feedback for us, please feel free to email us at raisingupcops at gmail.com or post on the Coptic Dad and Mom Parenting Community on Facebook and let us know that you've listened and you have some things you want to share. We're happy to hear you out and Happy New Year to everyone out there. Raising Up Cops is a production of Coptic Dad and Mom. This podcast is hosted by Laura Michael and Madonna Lawindi. None of the views expressed during this recording are the official stance of the Coptic Orthodox Church or its hierarchy. These are our personal opinions, collected experiences, and organic discussions on selected topics. If you'd like to reach out with any questions or comments, you can reach us at raisingupcops at gmail.com.